Am I good with that, Mike? Yeah, I'll take that as a yes, because no one said anything. Good, good. Right, okay. Say, if I gave you, a little bit like your first day of school, if I gave you three words to describe yourself, I wonder how many of us in this room would have childlike in that top three. Maybe if I gave you ten, maybe like two people would have it. Childish, maybe. Childlike, maybe not. (laughs) And yet, here we have Jesus in this passage uh, that Sam read for us saying that to enter the kingdom of heaven, to know God, we must be like a little child. And it doesn't just say be like children, but little children. I think it's also important that he says be like little children, not act like little children. Because I think if we were to act like little children, it might be a little bit chaotic. <laughs> and I think if we read the word be in a passage... First, the first thing that should hit our minds is, okay, this isn't something I have to do. This isn't like a checklist that I have to fulfill. This isn't like a set of tasks to do. If it's B, we can say, right, this is going to be an inner change. This is going to be an attitude shift that God's going to bring about in me. So we're going to be like little children in our nature, not just in our actions. Okay, so what does it actually look like to be like a little child? So... He says little children, so I'm going to say like six and below. Might be a little bit extreme. But some of you may remember when your children were that age, or some of us might remember being that age. Might be harder for some than others to remember that. (laughs) Um, At the age of, let's say, six, the child assumes and completely trusts that their parent or their parents are amazing at everything. They trust every word their parents say at that age. When they get a bit older... It's a little bit questionable. But I can remember when I was about six, I can remember having an argument with one of my friends called Peter, and we had this really heated argument about whose dad was better at football. And essentially, I couldn't conceive a world in which my dad, my father, wasn't the best at something. Like, at the age of five, I just assumed that he was like a superhero who was the best at everything. Turned out not to be true, but he is pretty <laughs> <laughs> He's in Uganda, so that's fine. Um, Whereas, so if we're going to be like children in the way we are as Christians, that means we're going to read like God's promises in the Bible and what he says about himself. And we're not going to doubt that and we're not going to question that and think, actually, is God who he says he is? If we're going to be like children, we're going to be, wow, God, I believe what you say about yourself. And God actually is amazing, so it's a lot easier. (laughs) Secondly, if we're going to be like children, if you look at a child, now this isn't the same everywhere in the world, But in our society, for most people this is the case, someone below the age of six, they're not going to have to fend for themselves, realistically. Realistically, they've got a parent or two parents who are looking after themselves. They're not worrying about how they can provide their next meal. They're not worrying about where they're going to sleep tonight. They're not worrying about picking out the best school for themselves, because they've got parents who are doing that, who are providing for them, who are looking after them. They're carefree. A child at the age of six at no point decides to move out and buy their own house and start their own life. And in the same way, if we're going to be childlike, that means we're going to fully rely and be dependent like a child on the provision of God, not trying to go and do things on our own. Now that's quite a difficult image to look at us as fully dependent on God, because it does feel like we're doing a lot of this on our own. But if you look a bit deeper, we are completely dependent on God, whether we like it or not. So I'm just going to go through a list of things that God has done for us. It could be quite a long one. So, number one, he created you. 
Each and every one of you and me were all formed. Everything about you was like formed and created by God for himself. He made you. He's the reason you're alive. Without him, you wouldn't exist. Second of all, when, after you were created, at some point we all went away. We all rebelled. We all did something wrong because of sin. And yet he came after us. Jesus says God leaves the 99 to come after you, the one. We did not run back to him. He first came to us. Number three, he saved us. It's his grace that saves us. It's his mercy. It's his love. It's his sacrifice. We don't have to do a whole lot. God does all of it for us. And if he hadn't made those sacrifices and shown us that love, we'd be in trouble. We'd be heading for hell. Because in Romans, it teaches us that the wages of sin is death. So if God hadn't come and saved us, we'd be heading for death. And we'd be living in death right now. Number four, he saved us because he chose us. Jesus says to his disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now we might all remember a point in our lives where we feel like we said yes to God and we went, yes God, I'm going to make that step. But the only reason we ever, ever were able to make that step is because it was God who first put it on your hearts and God first put it on my heart and he was working in our hearts all the way up until that point. So we can't take any credit for that. Number five, in choosing us and in saving us, he didn't just leave us there, he actually could have done that. He could have saved our lives, forgiven our sin and just left it there. But he, went, he goes one further and he adopts us as children and he makes us his sons and his daughters instead of orphans. And now that we are his children, number six, I don't know um, what it is, but we have this thing where we really, really want to have more faith. And that's really good. And we see other people who have loads of faith and we think, I want that. But the faith that we have right now and any faith that we want to have in the future, all of it comes from God. There's a verse that says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Faith cannot be mustered up from within yourselves, from within, from within myself. It comes directly from God. So if we want more faith going forward, we just have to ask him. We are relying on him for that. Furthermore, we're becoming more like Jesus in this walk of faith. Not because we're practicing or because we're doing a certain amount of things right, but because of his Holy Spirit that he has given us, transforming us from the inside out. We're not doing that. He is transforming us. We cannot transform ourselves. Not completely and not permanently. And then you look at the life of a disciple in the Bible and you think, okay, the life of a child of God is to be one where we are evangelising to some extent. We're telling people about Jesus. It's one where we have hope, like this power and authority over darkness where we can heal the sick and we can tell dark places to become light. And it's one where we are going out into the world and in the smaller places and in the bigger places and we're showing love on a wild scale. But only this, this stuff can only be done because God gives us the confidence to evangelise. He gives us the Holy Spirit to have power and authority over demons. And he gives us the capacity to love because he first loved us. Finally, every breath that we breathe is a direct gift from God. I believe that with my heart. Because while God is the giver of life, he's also a God who can, at any moment, decide to end your life and he can at any moment decide to call any one of us home he could do that right now he has that authority so the very so not only is god the reason we're alive 
but he's the reason that we are still remaining alive and he is the reason that we are now living in life, in true life, in fullness, because he was the one who saved us. And this is everywhere in the Bible. It's a really famous verse, but I don't think we give it enough weight. All good gifts come from God. All good gifts. That's everything good, physical and spiritual, that we have comes from God. We are completely reliant on him, whether we want to be or not. So it's up to us. What kind of child are we going to be? Are we going to be the kind of child who, get, who sort of, although they're completely reliant on God anyway, tries to work it all out on their own and tries to, yeah, move out and buy their own house and sort their own life out? Or are we going to be the children who recognise that we're reliant on him and we can't get away from that? And go, you know what, God? I'm happy to be there. Can you teach me? Can you help me? And this is, I believe, the image of our faith, which I think is going to come from the screen. It's not completely um, all-inclusive. It's pretty snazzy, I like the colours. Um, so we've got God the Father, and we've got us. He's above us, and yet we're connected. Now you see these things, love, sharing the gospel, being joyful. These are just three of the things that God particularly put on my heart for what it is to be a child of God. It's to show love, it's to share the gospel, it's to be joyful as we go about our lives. And it's also to love God the Father back. It's to love him and out of that love to serve him and to give him glory. But these things, can, like this outworking of the Spirit and this fruit can only happen if we first sit back and receive the life, the salvation, the love and the gifts that God gives us. We can't give all of that stuff out without first receiving from God. We are completely dependent on him. And that, I believe, is why we have absolutely no capacity for boasting. Because all of that stuff, love, sharing the gospel, joy, confidence, gifts for speaking, gifts for worship, all of it comes from God. So all the glory then goes to him. And that's childlike faith. It's not trying to go out and do all this on my own. It's not saying, right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to love everyone and I'm going to share the gospel and waking up and just producing it like that. Because that's not possible. It's first sitting down before your father, recognising we're little children, and going, God, I want to live like that, but I need you to fill me, because I can't do it on my own. I just want to uh, bring to mind some people who I think absolutely nail what it is to be childlike in their faith. Unsurprisingly, Jesus and his disciples. Now, I really encourage you to just have a quick, or not quick read, but have a, a really good read of some of the bits in the Gospels and in Acts, the stories about Jesus and his disciples. And I wonder, when you get to a story, for example where one of the disciples is performing a miracle or is speaking to a few thousand people, I wonder what our reaction is. Or when we, uh, when we read about Jesus breaking bread um, and giving it to 5,000 people from five loaves and two fishes, I wonder what our reaction is. Because I think there's one of two reactions we can have, and one of them is not childlike. I think one reaction we can have is apathy. It's to think, wow, those disciples, they were incredible. Jesus was obviously amazing. And he did some amazing things, but I couldn't possibly do that. That's not my calling, or I don't have enough faith for that, or that's just simply unattainable. That's a thing of the past. But actually, Jesus says to his disciples, you will do greater things than I ever did. And that's a promise of God. And I believe that as we are his disciples as well, that's a promise that's relevant to us as well. And then there's the other reaction, the childlike reaction, which is to read about all this amazing stuff, that God's people are doing, and think, wow, God, I want to live like that. 
When you promise that I'm going to do greater things than you did when you were on the earth, God, that excites me and I want to be part of that and I want to do that. I want to do all that stuff. I want to be like you, Jesus. Rather than just, oh well, that's for somebody else. If we're going to be childlike, we're going to be eager, we're going to trust in that promise and we're going to want to live for him and like him every day. But also, if we're going to be childlike, we have to recognise that none of this is going to come from us. We have to sit down with our Father and say, you know what, God? I want to be like you and I want to live out this life that you're telling me about. But I don't know how. And I don't think I'm capable. And I can't do that. And I've not got the confidence and I've not got the skills. But God, I believe that you can give them to me. Please, can you help me, Father? We can't do anything unless we first sit with God. There's a verse, I think, that sums this up perfectly in John 15. And Jesus just simply says to his disciples, Apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's stop trying without God. So guys, I'm just going to leave you with um, some words from a song that hit my heart over the course of this year. Just about simplicity and about just reining in all the craziness and trying to do things on our own and just sitting with God. So if you want to close your eyes or do whatever you want, adopt any kind of attitude of prayer, that's great. I'm just going to read these lines. So I come, Lord, I come, to tell you I love you, to tell you I need you, to tell you there's no better place for me than in your arms, to tell you I'm sorry for running in circles and for placing my focus on the waves and not on your face. Amen. Amen.